Welcome back to the Todd Talk Podcast. I'm with Sanat. I'm with uh, my good buddy, uh, Ricky. He's, um, he's going to join us, talk a little bit about uh, recruiting. Uh, Stacy couldn't make it tonight. Um, so uh, me and Ricky's going to going to take take a shot at this. But uh, Ricky, the big Big acquisition, of course, is uh, uh, what happened yesterday on uh, J.C. Latham, man. Uh, well, let's uh, let's talk about how big that is for Bama. From being at IMG Academy, and now we've got another stud coming out of Florida. That's a it's a pretty incredible deal there. The offensive line. At Alabama, games are still won and lost in the trenches, man. If you're not strong on the line, you're going to have trouble. And Nick Saban has always built his teams from the inside out. Absolutely. The, and, man, he's it was a huge pickup. And, of course, we got the the two brothers that that uh, I think one of them is already committed. The other one's really high on the list. So, uh, you know, and I seen some tweets uh, when we got uh, late from yesterday uh, you know, some LSU people were saying, well, now the two brothers may be heading to LSU uh, because of the – I'm like, they all three can play on the same offensive line, so that makes absolutely no sense. <laughs> yeah, it, it makes no sense, and it's really just a pipe dream for LSU fans right now at this point. I've heard nothing to lead me to believe that Tommy and James Brockermeyer won't ultimately sign with Alabama and wind up in Tuscaloosa right there with J.C., so – they can kind of hope and wish all they want to, but right now that one's a Alabama-Texas battle to the end, and looks like Bama's in good shape at least initially. Absolutely, man. Another thing uh, on a JC, I'm looking at uh, his uh, scouting report from 24/7 Sport, but uh, he's been compared to DeBrusque Ferguson, and I remember how big he was in uh, when he played. I mean, that's a that's a huge comparison in my mind for him if he can get up to that top level of talent as DeBrickshaw Ferguson was. I think he can. He's a, he's a kid that's just got the size. He's, you know, 6'6", six, six, uh, right at 300 pounds. He's got length. He's the prototypical uh, left tackle coming out of high school. I saw where Charles Power of 247 Sports kind of gave his analysis on him as a prospect. Mm-hmm. And he compared him to a couple of guys that had played for the Dallas Cowboys and, you know, basically just said that if his understanding of the game ever matches his athletic ability, then he's going to be big-time trouble for defensive linemen. Absolutely. He's a uh, 6'6", 305, so like I said, he's, he's right at 300 pounds. And uh, he's just a big specimen, man. And, uh, and I see that, you know, it was – Kyle Flood and Charles Huffers on him. And, uh, of course, uh, you tweeted out the other day that uh, we had a couple guys, uh, Evan Neal, and I forgot the other guy you said that was helping some of the players that was helping, you know. Yeah, Gia Hall from the, the 2021 class, so the wide receiver from down around the same area. That's right. So, you know, the guys are just trying to get Alabama, you know, you know, talking to each other and, like, come on, guys that's already on the team is like, come to Alabama. You, you know you want to be here. And why wouldn't you want to come to Alabama, you know, I mean, Alabama is a, a great place to play. You see what what they what their players do, how they develop, and how they get go to the NFL and and they dominate the NFL. We've had a few that that didn't make it, but other than that, 
you know, they, they, they play in the NFL and they play pretty much, you know, 10 years or so. You said the key word there, uh, Jake, you said development, and that's what it's all about. Nick Saban doesn't only get the best athletes coming out of high school, but he's the best at developing those young men, not just on the football field, but off the field, by the way. You mentioned, you know, we've had a few in the Nick Saban era that didn't quite pan out in the NFL for whatever reason, but even the ones that didn't are in a pretty good place today because they played for Nick Saban at Alabama. So it's really a win-win. Absolutely, man. This uh, ooh, this football season can't get here quick enough. You know, um, you know we're we're excited. We're we're uh, ready for to play some football. But uh, tell us a little bit more about recruiting wise. Who who else? That you know some some not not well-known names, but some good guys that we're recruiting that you really don't hear much about. Well, I'll tell you some. I watched some film. Uh, here just over the past couple of days, just a few minutes, I've been working, so I haven't had a lot of time. But a couple of guys that I really got high on, you know, just over the past 48 hours or so, uh, Terry and Arnold is a defensive back in this 2021 class. And I knew he was a, a good DB prospect. I knew Alabama was pursuing him pretty hard. But, man, when I turned on his film, I was like, good Lord, man. He just jumps off the screen. He is a ball hawk if I've ever seen one. If there's a pass anywhere near Terry and Arnold, he's going to get it and take it to the house. There's no doubt about it. So Terry and Arnold is a name to know. Then you got, you know, really need-wise in this class, you know, we got J.C. Latham. We're looking to add more offensive linemen. We've talked about the Brockermeyer brothers from out of Texas. Um there's, you know, a couple of more offensive line guys that we need to get on board. I could see us signing anywhere between four and six offensive linemen in the end if they're the right ones. There's a three-star offensive tackle prospect from, I believe he's around the Nashville area. Um, he's a guy that, even though he's a three-star, the staff is really high on. So that pretty much tells you all need to know there. I've learned to just trust Nick Saban's evaluations. If he says he's good enough to play, he's good enough to play. So we'll look to add another offensive lineman or two at least. Um, inside linebackers, another spot that's important. You know, we got a couple of good ones in the 2020 class, Des Moines Kennedy and uh, Jackson Bratton from the state of Alabama. But 2021, we're going to have to have a couple of more after – you know, Dylan Moses, of course, he'll probably be a first-round draft pick, uh, yeah. win all the awards he can win. He's just that good. When he moves on, we'll have Christian Harris uh, for the 2021 season, and then we'll kind of be back to either having Lee in there or we're going to need somebody else to come up and, and take that job or at least be able to provide some depth. So we got to get another couple of inside backers for this class, uh, Blackshire is an inside linebacker out of the state of Texas. He just reminds me of Rolando McLean every time I see him. He's one of those kids that I think he's like six foot four, 260, 265. So he's a big, big kid, but he just shouldn't be able to move the way he does and be that big, just the way Rolando used to do. So we'll, we'll try to <clears throat> get him locked down. And then, uh, Xavier Sori, of course, from down in Florida. Um, 
played last year at Graceville. I speak to one of his assistant coaches from time to time, Jarrett Seegers. He's a he's a really cool guy. Um, we talk, you know, maybe once a month or something, but he's kind of told me that Alabama's right there at the top of the, the battle, of course, with the University of Georgia for Xavier and Sorry, but he's another guy that I think Alabama's done enough in the past where he ends up signing with Alabama eventually. Um, otherwise, you know, offensive line continue <clears throat> to add a couple prospects inside linebacker. You got to be deep at inside linebacker. We saw what happens when you're not last year. You start two true freshmen that had no business starting yet. They did the best they could with what they had to work with, but it was clear from the get-go they just weren't quite ready. And that's not their fault. That's no fault of their own. You know, it's just the situation the way it fell. So we've got to be building quality depth at middle linebacker. And then it never hurts to target those DBs. You know, Saban has a reputation for being one of the greatest defensive back coaches to ever do it. As far as I'm concerned, you can look at the guys that have come through Alabama just since he's been here. Um, guys like Hashan Clinton-Dix, Drake Patrick, D. Milner. It just goes on and on and on. So – I think that we'll probably try to chase two or three at least more true corner types in this class. And as long as we do that, regardless of where the class ends up rankings-wise, which now I believe that we're going to wind up giving Ohio State an actual run for that number one spot. People don't believe it right now. They say, I don't know about that, but I'm just telling you, there's some momentum starting to roll uh, behind the scenes recruiting-wise with the staff at Alabama and some relationships that are being built and some commitments that are going to happen, I think, here in the next 30 days that are going to really wake some people up and, and shake some things up as far as the rankings are concerned. So I'm looking forward to that. Absolutely, man. And, you know, I see a lot of a lot of talk on Twitter and and hearsay about, oh, my God, Alabama's only got six commitments, you know. I'm not worried about it. We still got the greatest coach probably in the history of, of college football. If not, he's number two, without a doubt, behind Bear Bryant. But uh, but there's argument that Saban it will succeed Bear Bryant uh, as the greatest coach. But, you know, as long as he's out recruiting and his guys are out recruiting, I'm not worried about recruiting because he's still the the best. And as long as Saban's there, uh, you know, I have no, no doubts. He's going to get the guys that he needs to fill in spots of need, like you said. And he ain't done, nothing but, uh, done that ever since he's been at Alabama. No doubt about it. If there's one thing you know about Nick Saban and his staff, they're going to recruit at an elite level. The staff's been deliberate. You mentioned a moment ago we've got just a few commitments. Well, the few commitments that we do have, I think their average ranking, according to 247, is like 94.3, which yeah. is top three in the country, average per player-wise. And we're going to be just fine. The staff's being deliberate in their evaluations, doing their due diligence because of all this COVID stuff. We don't have camps, so they can't see these guys perform in person in a camp setting with all the visits canceled and things like that. So they're taking their time, but it'll be worth it in the end when people see how this class finishes up, you know, one or two in the country more than likely. <clears throat> Everybody will – they'll kind of be able to sigh a little bit of relief and know that Nick Saban still got this thing. Absolutely. And like you said, uh, time and time again, it's, it's the third chapter of Nick Saban's writing. And, man, I, I'm excited to hear for it. You know, it's, uh, it's going to be a good season. Uh, speaking of the season, uh, 
want to touch on the first couple of games, uh, if you want to uh, give your assessment on how they're going to play out. The first game is interesting. You know, USC was a team last year, midway through the season, everybody had written them off. Comes in a third-string quarterback, Slovis, I believe is his last name. He starts slinging the rock around. USC goes on a run. And now I've even seen some people talking about him being ranked preseason in the top 25, so we could potentially see another top 25 matchup there week one against USC. Also kind of interested to see how the quarterback deal plays out in that game. Is Bryce Young going to get any time? Are they going to alternate series or quarters? How that's going to go? Or if Mac Jones is just going to be the outright starter and that's going to be the deal at least to start the season. So there's a lot of stuff to look forward to in that matchup. I just don't think USC um, has the horses on defense to be able to, to slow down Alabama and hang with us. I think we'll probably win that game much like we did the last time we played them. What was it, like 52-6 to six or something? Something to that effect. So I, pr- probably run away with that one. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's my assessment, too. You know, hey, it's hard. It's going to be hard to cover. You know, if you put all your, you know, all your focus on uh, Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddell and and uh, who knows, <laughs> Baker can step up. You know, Match is still out there. Somebody else can step up and make plays. And then if you put all your assessment towards Waddle, then Smith will beat you. So I mean, you there, there's no there's no good game plan for this Alabama offense. If I'm a defense coordinator, it's it's tough. I mean, we're just loaded with talent on both sides of the ball, and and that offense, man, I'm ready to see how it's going to go. Um, I'm especially ready for that third game of the year, man. From uh, you know Georgia, you know I'm I'm ready for uh, for that that matchup. What, what do you what's no your no doubt about it. Dude, I live over here with these dog fans. You know I'm ready for it. I hear about it every single day, just barking and barking and barking. Lord have mercy, can it not be week three yet? I tell you what, this uh, if we have any dog fans tune in, here's a little bold prediction for the 2020 season. Georgia State gains more yards on offense in the first quarter of week two than Georgia will in week three. See how they feel about that, but I believe it. Dang, that's a that's a bold prediction there. But you, you know, know, Georgia we, State's one of them little triple option teams. So yeah, got to watch we, them. We've dealt with them before, you know, Alabama. You know, they I think they put up a bunch of yards rushing against us, and but we still won that game. I think it was like forty-two to twenty-four the year we played them. Yeah, that was Nick Saban's infamous uh, "crap to a tin horn" comment. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, man. I tell you this. Um, this team is is loaded, and you know everybody's itching to get back on the field. And um, you know, we're, as fans, we're ready to see them back on the field as well. So you know, I have no doubts that they're gonna they're gonna do do their jobs week one. They're gonna do their jobs week two, week three. Man, they they're gonna be fired up. And um, and with with Bryant Denny being you know loud, I know the fans are gonna be if we're allowed to be there, which I hope we are. Man, Surely be- we will be hand out the masks and let's go. That's what I say. Absolutely, man. If that's what you got to do, let's do it. I can't yeah. wait for that matchup. You're right. It's going to be probably the biggest matchup in the country, at least for week three. Um, Georgia's coming to Bryant Denny. Scott Cochran's coming back to visit. I'm excited about it. I'm hoping that uh, 
I'm not hoping. I believe Alabama's going to beat them handily. I just don't think that Georgia will have what it takes. I'm not taking anything away from their program. They've got a good defense. They always will as long as Kirby Smart's there. Absolutely. I'm not sold on this transfer out of Wake Forest. I think he had like 30 yards passing against Clemson, one of the only elite teams that he played last season when he was at Wake Forest. Um, I'm thinking something like 38 to 17, or or if our offense really gets rolling, you know, a a 42-21 type deal or something. I think that week three – is when the whole nation outside of us as Alabama fans will begin to understand that this indeed is chapter three of the Saban dynasty, and there's really nothing they can do except sit back and watch it unfold because it's coming. Absolutely, man. We're we're excited. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of good games this year for Bama. And um, uh, I want to touch on one thing about the uh, about the de- uh, defensive guy, uh, get your thoughts on. And, and I coined him. Uh, when me and Stacey was doing our, our defensive piss, I picked him. Uh, that's Jordan Battle. And I, I said this kid has potential to be a another um, Isaiah McKinney-type player. That's just how I feel about it. Well, what's your thoughts on him? I think that Jordan Battle is a good mix of Eddie Jackson and Ronnie Harrison. No, I think that he has some coverage ability like Eddie had, but he's not afraid to come up and lay the wood, man. He'll hit you like Ronnie Harrison. I think that's, you know, in my eyes, when I watch battle play, I kind of see a good mix of Eddie Jackson and uh, Ronnie Harrison. That Man, that's a great comparison. You know, we, we love Eddie and we love Ronnie. So, you know, we – man, there's so many good former players and it's it's awesome the, the program that we've, we've seen, especially since, you know, 2008, 2009 on that Saban has built and continues to build and so many great players. Um, on the defensive side, again, who's a, who's a guy that we need to keep an eye on for, uh, for the upcoming year in your, in your opinion that could get some playing time and haven't been talked about much. Well, I don't know if you could say he's not been talked about much or not, but the first one that I have to say every time anybody asks me that is Christian Barmore, just because mm-hmm. Christian Barmore showed me some Quentin Williams type ability rushing the quarterback from the inside last year. And I'm not sure if we've got another guy that has that ability at that level the way Christian Barmore does. He is going to be a wrecking ball, I think, this coming up season. As far as somebody that's not been talked about all that much, um, a guy that was, you know, in the hunt to be in the rotation in the top three at outside linebacker last year, just never really saw an opportunity. I would say uh, King Wakuda, the outside mm-hmm. linebacker, I expect him to do big things. I was told by our buddy Stephen Smith uh, from Touchdown Alabama magazine that at practice last year, the first five or six weeks, Sal Sinceri was all over King's behind, just riding him every rep and Knowing what I know about the coaches at Alabama, when they're showing that much attention to a young guy, even if it's negative, to me that says they know that he has the potential to be great and they're trying to bring it out of him. That's what I see. So he told me that, but he told me the last five or six weeks of the season, it turned into, King, that was your best rep you've run all year long, son. So he just kind of got it right there towards the end of the season. 
And I think King will be a really good starting outside linebacker for us to kind of fill the, the role that uh, Terrell Lewis left behind. And I think Chris Allen will probably be somebody that will really excel over at the, the Anthony Jennings outside linebacker backer position that kind of edge set and run stuff and outside linebacker. So we've got a couple of good options there. And that's not even talking about these true freshmen like Will Anderson and Drew Sanders. So, Absolutely. We're, we're loaded at linebacker again. You know, we, we had some injuries, uh, problems, like you said, last year and was kind of thin. But but we went out last year, the coaches did, and that's what we recruited heavily. And we got some great guys at linebacker now. And, you know, I feel like, you know, with this defensive line and that linebacking core, I don't think you're going to run against Alabama this year. You know, they, they kind of found some holes last year with all the injuries. But you're gonna be it's gonna be hard pressed to run against us this year. No doubt about it, man. You know, Stephen and I talked the other day about how at the beginning of last season we all heard Nick Saban say we have to restore the Bama factor. Well, mm-hmm. for me, that Bama factor starts with that suffocating, imposing our will, making their you know what quit defense. That's what I want to see from a Nick Saban coach team, and we've been missing it the past couple of years. But I think that bringing, restoring that Bama factor is bringing that that bad attitude, bad intentions defense back to Bryant-Denny Stadium. And that's one of the things that I'm looking forward to more than anything, seeing the return of that defense, because I still believe you can win a championship with an elite defense. Absolutely. And, We've had some elite defenses, Alabama, but the past couple of years it has um, it has been been kind of a slow go. They they got the talent there, you know. I've I've been you know high on record of being uh, riding uh, uh, Pete Golden, you know, him pretty hard, especially last year. But you know, I made the commitment I'm gonna give him time, and the talent he's got now, I have no doubt he's going to succeed. And if he don't, you know, what we'll, we'll be seeing changes. But but in my mind, he's He's our defensive uh, coordinator, and he's going to step up this year with the guys that he's got, and he is going to take over that defense, and it's going to be fun to see. I don't even think I could screw up this year's defense if I was calling the plays, brother. <laughs> I mean, if he does manage to mess this up, then you're right. Changes will be made. Maybe look to a veteran like Charlie Strong that's already on staff in a support role as an analyst. We've got options, but I believe Pete gets it done this year. I just don't see how he can't. You've got Dylan Moses as your middle linebacker out there calling that defense. We've got experience and depth along the defensive line, the likes of which we haven't seen since 2016 when we had Jonathan Allen and all them boys. Uh, the defensive backs, even though they're young, you know, you got Sertain back there. Even though they're young and haven't had a ton of experience in Job and Ronald Williams and our couple of our safeties that may get some time, they're just elite, elite, elite athletes. Both measurables, you know, they're all 6'1", 6'2", or better. They're, they're long. They've got good hips. They can do all the little things that you need them to do. If this defense comes together this year the way it has the potential to, we could be talking about a 2011 top year. Absolutely, man. And another thing I'm excited to see, uh, we've talked about him before, but but our new uh, strength and conditioning coach and coach mm. here, 
David Ballou and and uh, Dr. Matt Raya, man, they they have come in. They they have bought into the to the Bama way, and man, I'm excited to see to see the the um, the product on the field because I don't believe we're going to see the injuries like we like we've had seen in the past. That's just my personal opinion. I believe you're right there, and in fact, you know, we've already heard uh, both of our new strength coaches speak on that a little bit, whether it be in their their. Uh, meet the strength staff video series that's on the Facebook Alabama football Facebook page, which if you haven't watched that, I highly recommend it. There's about three videos they're 12 minutes a piece and they will teach you all you need to know about Baloo and, and Dr. Raya. Um, very good series, but they're one of their biggest things is injury prevention. So mm-hmm. it's a more scientific approach but that don't mean they're not working hard. I had a, a walk-on defensive lineman tell me that the first two or three days, everybody was like, yeah, Bama's back. We love this. Let's go. Long about that third or fourth day, he started seeing some boys with their hands on their hips like, oh, no. <laughs> so <laughs> they're, they're getting to work for sure. And, you know, their system is built to maximize what you can get out of each individual athlete while at the same time completely minimizing the potential for injury. Thank God, because I've heard enough about ankles this and ACLs that. It has been rough for about three years for the University of Alabama. It's about time we get some injury luck um, that's not bad luck. Absolutely. And and really the ACL uh, injuries have been across the board on all sports at Alabama, but Looks like the uh, the football team is making progress. Um, like you said, it's more scientific approach, and and like you talked about, uh, uh, players saying you know Bama's back. Um, we met Brian uh, Robinson. He he tweeted that out the other day, and I retweeted. I love to see that. He said you know Bama is back, and I love seeing that from the players because like I said, they bought in and and they're ready to go. No doubt, man. When you got the leader of your defense, think about it now. He came from IMG Academy. He was there while Baloo and Rhea <clears throat> were also there. So right. Dylan Moses actually went to Nick Saban when he was doing his search for candidates and said, hey, you might want to look at these two guys. Dylan really brought them to Nick Saban. So he's bought in. He's the leader of your defense. That's going to make it a lot easier for everybody else to buy in. So they really kind of were fortunate in the situation they walked into was just kind of perfect for a new uh, couple of strength and conditioning coaches. Everybody's bought in. Everybody's doing their thing. And believe it or not, we're actually working towards getting to have a college football season. Thank God. Uh, yeah, I'm glad to hear that, man. We, we, you know, we need some football in our lives after this COVID mess and, and everything just been turned upside down, it seems like. But but I'm with you. I believe football is slowly coming back. Um, and um, we get we get to August and and that first uh, couple of days of September, we know it's back. And, uh, man, I, I'm excited for it. I'm ready to go. Ain't no doubt about it. I'm ready as I've been in years and years. I can tell you the disappointment from last season and that championship game against Clemson, the end of the season before was really super disappointing. I know you were right there in the same boat as I was. I mean, I didn't really even talk about football for like two weeks after that Clemson game. I had to heal for a while. That hurt, you know, 
Yeah. I just haven't been this excited for Alabama football in a long time. I feel like something special is going on down in Tuscaloosa. I've told a couple of my buddies there's a football revival going on in Town, and people need to wake up and hear about it. And I believe it. I think Alabama's fixing to come out with a vengeance. We're going to stomp through USC week one, take care of little old Georgia State week two, turn our attention to the Georgia Bulldogs inside Bryant-Denny Stadium and announce to the entire country that Alabama's back to claim what's rightfully theirs. So I'm excited. Absolutely, man. And, uh, well, if you, uh, you got anything else to add that you want to you say real quick? Just real quick before we wrap up here, I know we uh, – all really excited about football, but you kind of follow other Alabama sports, same as I do. I may not be as knowledgeable about them, but, dude, I'm excited about our basketball season coming up too now, uh, Jake. This uh, Nate Oates and, and Brian Hodgson and those guys have went out and put together a roster that, in my opinion, can compete with the best that the SEC has to offer. So we've got a, you know, a couple of seasons hopefully coming up where Alabama will be right up at the top. Oh, absolutely. And I uh, believe me and Stacey mentioned it uh, in the last podcast or one before, but uh, it seems like all sports at Alabama is uh, finally getting back to where they belong. You know, um, the baseball team, they was undefeated for a long period of stretch before they was cut short. I think they may have lost one game before uh, their season got cut short. The softball team started out uh, slow, but they finally getting things together there before they got cut short. Uh, and then, of course, the basketball team and now football. Man, it's uh, it's good to be a uh, – it's great to be a Tide fan right now because most of our sports are looking up, and it's it's great to see. No doubt. There's no reason Alabama can't be elite in every sport that we participate in. There's no reason. I, I agree 100%, man. But, um, Ricky, before, uh, before we go, uh, I want to tell everybody uh, the way to contact you and um, – and another thing is I want to uh, uh, say, you know, we're glad to have you on board, you know, helping us with uh, with scouting and or recruiting and all that and and to write uh, some recruiting uh, material out on Pipeline. Um, I know you're working, di- you know, hard on that stuff. And uh, just uh, we appreciate you uh, and Lane being being a part of it. Uh, we got to get Lane on for one of these as well. But uh, for sure, man, we got to. Oh, yeah. Uh, I know he's probably going to listen to this and he'll get on eventually. But uh, tell us, tell everybody how they can uh, reach you. Yeah, you can uh, find me on Twitter. I'm at Bama RLG, one half of the Bama Bros and a, a proud member of the Tide Talk podcast team now. So most of the recruiting, writing and stuff uh, that I'll be putting out via Popline, that'll really get fired up this fall when, when high school athletics get back going. I plan on traveling uh, across – Tennessee, Georgia, and Alabama, the tri-state area, and trying to do some live streams and some real in-depth coverage of some of these prospects that might be on Alabama's radar. So I'm really excited about having the opportunity to do that. It's something that I've always wanted to do and kind of finally have found an opportunity to do it with you guys. So I'm excited about that. Looking forward to it. Um, and, and you know, basically, that's if you if you need me, you can find me on Twitter at Bama RLG. Shoot me a message. I'm there to talk Alabama football. That's what I love to talk about. Might as well be talking about it with our followers. We appreciate all of them. I know you guys do. I do as well. Absolutely. Um, so, if you don't already follow the Tide Talk podcast team on Twitter, make sure that you do that. Click that follow button, and and keep your eyes open because we've got some big stuff coming for you guys. Uh, 
and, and we we look forward to growing this little deal here and, and making it one of your primary sources for Alabama football and recruiting uh, news and analysis. We're uh, really excited about the opportunity to do that. So, Absolutely. Ricky, it's good to have you on. Before we go, uh, like Ricky said, uh, follow us. Uh, our uh, main main uh, Tide Talk is uh, uh, at uh, Tide Talk underscore pod. I'm, and, of course, I'm always at J. Thomas Tide. And, uh, Ricky, we're going to do this again real soon. And uh, I enjoyed having you on. And thanks for coming on for a little while with me. Absolutely, man. We'll do it. Anytime you guys are ready, just give me a shout. I'm ready to go. Like I said, I love talking about Alabama football. Might as well be talking about it with y'all. Absolutely, man. Ricky, you have a tide, buddy. Roll tide. Have a good weekend, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right, man. See you. See you. Roll tide. Roll tide.